Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello, friends. And we're also joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Bonjour. We have a stacked show this morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time it is you listen to it. We appreciate you listening to this episode, episode 47 of 43.6, in which we will be discussing the Maple Leafs and the Oilers, the NFL offseason, John Morant, and maybe just a little bit about the World Baseball Classic. All that and a whole lot more coming up on this episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. But before all that, we do want to talk about our week and the things that have been going on in our lives. And James, why don't we start with you? What's been going on with you? Dude, I got, like, ever since almost becoming, like, full Hawaii Five O last week in the office, um, it's been, like, slow moving. Honestly, like, this week has been mucho slow, and I'm not too sure why. Has it been like that for everyone else? Maybe it's been, like, the dreading the clock going forward. Or maybe it's the fact that my kid was ill and I've been up awake for 48 hours straight almost. That could be it. But things have... You know, speaking not... of uh, clocks going forward, though, my phone didn't go forward until, like, noon. So, like, all my Google apps worked. All those apps that I use, like my... I don't know, like my calendar and my gps and the clock like the, the not the clock clock but like the alarm clock app i think is based in google like all that worked but the actual like system time on my phone didn't change and you know why bell bell fucking media that's why wait how does I that work well not bell media necessarily but bell because i bell my phone is through bell so i'm just gonna blame bell I think at this point you're just looking for reasons to blame them for shit. Like he'll he'll make popcorn at something at home, get ready for a movie night in, wanting to get a feed on, make some popcorn, maybe look for some kind of weird seasoning on top instead of just unber in cell. And hold on. Weird seasoning? Are you saying you don't put seasoning on your popcorn and you make microwave popcorn? Salt and butter, man. I don't know if salt count. Well, salt is technically a seasoning. No, but I'm saying the weird seasonings, like where he goes to the aisle Dude, and he's all like, dressed. I'm going to get the Cajun seasoning yeah. and the dill seasoning. It's great. All dressed. No. I literally have all dressed and salt and vinegar and dill pickle in the cupboard right now. And buy some the chips, theater. Man. They used to have Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And that was fantastic. Okay, yeah. I don't know about that, but. It was so good. Dill pickle popcorn is fantastic. I love dill pickle. I like them in chips. Or the dill pickle nuggets from Burger King, which are actually really, really good. But he'll he'll do that. He'll get to the cupboard. There won't be enough seasoning, or he'll burn the popcorn, and he's gonna be a fucking Bell Media man. So wait, you don't shop at Colonel's? That's different, though. Like you go there with the intention of getting like Chicago mix. Why they have butter salt? You could just get butter salt. But like it doesn't compare to regular movie popcorn, though. Because like movie movie theater popcorn is god tier. That is which true. Sometimes I just go get because it's right above my gym, and I it's kind of counterintuitive to say, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the gym and then I'm gonna go get me a large bag of layered butter popcorn." But that's my journey, and here we are. 
Okay, so do you guys often go to the VIP theaters? No. No. Never, right? Okay, well, how do you feel I've about been, this? I've been, but I just, I don't, I don't go often. One reason. People go overboard on the alcohol, and then they just shout at the screen, and they, they just act stupid. So, no. All right, well, I went to the VIP theater to see Scream 6 this past weekend. And here's the thing. Like, I like the VIP experience because I always go to the Oakville one because I got the recliners and the heated all seats. VI- all VIPs have those. Incorrect, sir. What? If you go to... Yeah, seriously. That's why I, I can't justify now going to a different VIP theater if it doesn't have the full experience of the seat. Because if you go to the Etobicoke VIP, no recliners, no heated seats. They're just fucking comfy. Okay, so the heated seats I can do without because, dude, I can't be getting swass sitting there watching a movie. But the recliner, yeah, like I can see. Also, too, though, I think about it like this. It, Jim knows this. I'm a borderline germaphobe. Like, I'm very particular about, like, cleanliness and hygiene. And obviously, regular theater seats, you can be like, there's no different. But especially when you're talking about a reclining, heated VIP seat, you're going to have some dirty guy named Reggie who's probably reeks of cold cuts and just sweating into that seat and then you got to sit into it and that's showing i'm pretty sure they sanitize them now they have to i would you would hope so but do you have to ask you gotta ask old walter brewer that question see what he says shout out walter but um, that being that, (laughs) that being said um if you like the reclining seat, Imagine Cinemas are great. If you've ever been to an Imagine Cinema, it's fantastic. There, uh, there's less well, seats. Well, they're also not busy. It's not busy. There's less seats. The seats recline basically into a bed. It's incredible. Yeah, but the the screen sucks and the audio sucks. And you go down to the basement and you lose all like connection to the world. I feel like I'm going to get murdered in Imagine Cinemas. It's not that Can bad. you imagine being murdered down there? I can't. It doesn't matter. I went and saw Sonic 2 there with my kid, and it was perfect. Yeah, like, I mean, if it's a movie that you don't need, like, the full cinematic experience, like, it's not a Marvel movie or Top Gun or, you know, I know Year of Dicks, but Avatar or Year of Dicks. Yeah, like, I mean, it was it was a nominated animated short film at the Oscars last night. Got you. Um, yeah, like, I mean, if you're not needing the full scope and spectacle and pomp and circumstance of the full cinematic experience. Yeah. Like Dustin, you're not going to VIP IMAX for 80 for Brady, bud. like, well, I wouldn't watch 80 for Brady to begin with. And he's got tickets already. Just saying (laughs) like, if it was like Banshees of Inishirin or something, you wouldn't go to IMAX or whatever. You would just, right. But there's, okay. So to be clear, there's no IMAX VIP. So whatever, just, you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't treat yourself to everything for that kind of movie. Yeah, like you'd just be like, hey, you know what? It's just for the story. I'm going to just go to an imagined cinema. Yeah, and you still get the seats, the reclining seats. They're wide. There's not a lot of people there. It's great. You go see Knock at the Cabin. I go to Imagine Cinemas. I'm not going to Cineplex. I'm not paying those guys $20 to see Knock at the Cabin. I'm not yeah. paying twenty dollars to see any M Night Shyamalan movie, <laughs> for that matter. Well, no, that's his daughter. Oh, whatever. S Night Shyamalan, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> the twist this time is his daughter directed. Yeah. They're like, I can't wait to see his M Night Shyamalan credits roll. There's another Shyamalan. 
Shyamalan what a twist. Too. Yeah. But uh, no, so yeah. I was going with this. Okay. Yeah. Let's digress a little bit. I get a large popcorn, layered butter, of course. But it doesn't come in a bag. Tough. Like the VIP one, it's like this weird bucket thing. And it's like yeah. this tapered up bucket. Oh. The problem is, okay, I don't know about you guys. I can't finish an entire large popcorn while I'm sitting there watching the movie. Oh, so dude, I'm I, the, that shit would be done a quarter bucket. of the way through. <sighs> so when, I'm tr- when I want to take the popcorn home at the end of the movie, it just feels awkward taking this fucking lo- massive bucket instead yeah, of just taking look, a bag home. Like, like I can roll the bag and like put it in my pocket or something. Massive This thing you have to carry out. That says <laughs> VIP all over it, all the way yeah. back to your car. It's fucking <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Nice popcorn VIP. <laughs> just yeah, the, right. the chirps. <laughs> yeah. Nice bucket, dickhead. Yeah, they're not <laughs> even. They're not even gonna. They're not even gonna hold you up in your car. They're not even gonna carjack you. They're just gonna chirp you from across the yard. Oh yeah, they're like he. He's got it rough enough. You got to carry this bucket. We're not gonna yeah. mug him for this shit. And then when you get it back to the car, like you have to lay down the burger towel and then put it on top of the towel and then like buckle it in because it's a bucket. You can't just like roll it up. You get the whole process. Yeah, you stop short with that. It's game over. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be funny if what he doesn't know this whole time is that you could go back to the front counter and be like, "Hey, do you have a cap for this?" And like, you yeah, can sure. just go, you go back to the front counter. Hey, can I get a bag? Just pour yeah. it in. You're okay. You're understanding my issue with talking to people. I don't want to discuss <laughs> things with people. This guy's all about self checkout. When yeah, I have okay, I one of my buddies, funny story. I haven't seen him in a while and he's the type of dude where every time I see him, there's a story. It's something happens or there's an experience and it's, he doesn't say or do shit to be funny. He just ends up being extremely funny just situationally. So we were at the mall Vaughn Mills cause he hadn't seen my kid yet. And I've known him literally my whole life. My dad used to drive his parents to school because they all went to the same high school and they're roughly the same age. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go get a bag of chips. I'll be right back. And I was like, all right. He comes back and he's fucking seething. And he's angry as shit. And I was like, dude, what's wrong? He was like, fucking guy. And he's super Italian, like super Italian. And he's like, fucking guy makes me go to self-checkout. He's like, hey, if you're not paying cash, go self-checkout. And he's like, I don't want self-checkout. I want to interact with people. He's like, I go there to talk to people. The fucking world we're getting into, self-checkout this shit. And he just goes on this tirade. For about 15 minutes in the middle of Vaughn Mills. Just My- freaking out about self-checkout. Okay, so I will agree to an extent self-checkout's bullshit. So no, if yeah, you I'm should get a discount. If I'm going into <laughs> like shoppers and I'm grabbing like a fucking stick of deodorant or something, I don't need to go to a human for that. I can figure that one out. No, when he goes and he's like, gotta buy the rubbers, he gets the magnums, then he goes to the person. He's just like slapping that box down so they know. (laughs) But if you are going to the grocery store, now I'm like, fuck it. Like, I need another person to do this because it's way more efficient. Because, okay, so you're going to get to the front and be like, okay, which tomato is this? Now I have to look up like on the fucking deal of like what tomato it is on the sticker. No, they never have the fucking stickers on them. Those stickers (laughs) fall off. Those stickers are useless. Okay. So even if you know all the codes and you have all the codes for your, your vegetables, you still gotta weigh the fucking thing, and yeah. But how else then, are you gonna? How else are you gonna give yourself the cheaper tomato, dude? You could hold the bag up a little bit and have dude, to wait. It's, it's the it's yeah, the it's the I'm employed here now discount. 
<laughs> oh, these aren't Roma tomatoes. These are whatever tomatoes. Oh, wait. You're telling me the green onions are bundled in $1.99 per bundle? Sorry, I just see three bundles in a bag and thought you just put yeah. green onions in. It's the and I work here now tax. fucks with the two because hmm. they'll have like the organic bananas like right there in front of your face, right beside the regular bananas. Okay. And sometimes you just hit the wrong button. And and yeah. the price sometimes is for it bananas. Just happens. Yeah, sometimes it just happens. A slip of the finger. Yep. <laughs> Oops. You're telling me that the Royal Gala is 139 a kilogram versus the Red Delicious, which is 229, and I accidentally measured in the Royal Gala over the Red Delicious. Oopsie me. Oopsies. Yep. Well, probably should have yeah. made me do this I, transaction. I, exactly. I work here now. And yeah. you would also have no idea if you did the wrong measurement or not, because all the prices like buy the food is like, I don't know, 69, 69 cents a pound. And so, then you get to the register. It's like $2 a kilogram. You're like, what the fuck? Like, why are we using different measurements all of a sudden? So I have two things for this one, the self checkout, those little discrepancies on the measurements and you end up not paying as much as you probably should have. That is essentially the salary they're paying me to do the job that they got the self checkout to do. Okay. So I'm being paid now to do that job that they're replacing somebody with. That's what I'm taking from it. Okay. Two, that by them putting self-checkout in, they've now entered into a understanding and an agreement that there's going to be discrepancies and they're willing to absorb that. No. That's on them, not on me. Here's my other issue with self-checkout. <laughs> it's stealing. Anyone stealing groceries in Canada, just look the other way. No one gives a fuck. No, honestly, I think 95% right of now. people... Yeah, not, dude, I bought a bottle of Limeade. As you guys know, I'm a connoisseur of. It used to be $3.99 a jug. $6.49 for that shit. Anyway, go ahead. It's where you put the fucking groceries after. Okay? You scan it, and you gotta put on the little fucking like stainless steel thing so it knows that you scan it and you place it in the bagging area. Clearly, Even though it goes to Metro. We're, we're not allowed to say use this guy shops because they're gonna cost sure. us money. So we gotta Probably put it in our own was. fucking bags. Yeah. So, so you have to like put in this little like four by four square after you scan something and then scan the next thing, put on the four by four square until you fill your four by four square and then you start bagging. The efficiency of it is what kills me. I would rather just go to a person. I don't even need to talk to them. They do the scanning. I got my bags already set. I'm just jamming them in bags. Scan this, scan that. I'm done. Could you imagine Dustin gets up there and they're like, hi, sir, how's your day? He's like, look, just get the scan and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, like, let's oh, let's talk here. to you. This but, whole grocery buying process shouldn't take me any more than 15 minutes. I want to be in. I have my list that's like fucking broken down by exactly where it is in the store. So I'm in, check, in, check, in, check. I'm zipping, zabbing all around this place. So a couple of things. One, clearly I said you go to Metro. Because they're the ones with no, the... No, I go to uh, Loblaws, actually. Oh, because the Loblaws I go to doesn't have that. It's a giant... And Jim knows the one I go to. It's like a giant end thing where you just throw everything down. You could probably get like a week's worth of groceries just sitting on there. And there's no weighing. There's no like scanning and um, having it sit there so it registers that you bought something. You literally just scan it and put it down. So don't have that issue. The other thing is, is... You clearly never worked at a grocery store growing up because, yeah, we did. So bagging that shit is easy as fuck. It turns into Tetris and you become a pro. Oh, no, I'm fine with bagging. I'm just saying 
let them do the scanning and I'll do the bagging and I'm out faster than if I'm doing the scanning and bagging. Like we have a two person job rather than a one person job. Like it is more efficient to have the second person. Yeah, but now you're losing out on free green onions. That's true. So there is the risk that you have to pay for everything that's in your cart. So I digress. Again, Jim, your week has been tired no, as shit. I got it. That's fine. That's it. <laughs> And I guess Dustin went to the theater to see Scream 6. Good. I heard it's very good. I wouldn't say very good. It was... In relation to the genre. So yeah, that's the thing. Like If you have to go into movies like that knowing this is a Scream movie, so it's not going to be nominated for any Academy Awards. It is a slasher, and it is the sixth slasher in the series. And it's fine. Like It was enjoyable. I liked it. I, I, I don't think at any point I was like, convinced who the killer was which is the best thing about scream where it's a mystery it's not about a horror movie it's a mystery of who the killer is and it was cool um what's funny is like jenna ortega right that's her name the uh she's everywhere the, now man yeah the girl's the blowing month. up and she's literally yeah. everywhere well, she's gonna be in a marvel movie i forget like they just pretty much tease she's gonna be somebody uh pretty big jim would know more better than i do but probably wolverine <laughs> i know she's gonna be x22 Yep. But um But yeah, so she is so good. She makes the movie worse, if that makes sense. Cuz it's like because it's not to her standard. No, it's like she's she's up here, but she's in a slasher film and everyone else is down here. <laughs> so when she's interacting with all these other characters who are horrible actors. I shouldn't say horrible actors. That aren't good actors. It just doesn't it it just highlights the fact that everyone else is not a great actor, especially Courtney Cox. <laughs> it's like woof. This you are out of your depth, lady. This needs to needs to end for you. Not in like a, a, a life way. I mean, like I hope she goes on has a, a wonderful uh, life. But I mean, like in terms of her time in Scream, like I think this is over. We you can wrap this up. So, uh, just to kind of put a bow on the Jenna Ortega stuff. Apparently, she's going to be White Tiger, which is cool. Cool character that they're going to, I guess, introduce through Daredevil. But now I see what you mean. It's like when you have the talent of somebody that like. It's like Adam Driver when he does certain movies, like the dude's such an amazing talent, but then he's in the movies like The Duel with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. That was just so atrocious. Right? Exactly. That, so no, I feel you. I, I get what you mean. Um, I guess I, my sorry, week, oh, sorry, no. I, a couple other things. I'll be quick on this. No. Uh, last night was Smash Wrestling in London. And James, I don't know if I told you about this. Second rope broke in the fifth match. <laughs> So the rest of the show is done with uh, two ropes, which is uh, never ideal. But not as not as bad as, <laughs> dude. Remember the time? <clears throat> where was it? It was where was that fucking place? Sarnia, <laughs> where the ropes weren't even Sarnia. tightened, and Haskins worked Blackwood, and they were just loose as fuck ropes for some reason. There was a reason why, and I don't remember what it was. Like they were either missing a turnbuckle or something. And the I don't know I don't know if the tape exists, but holy shit, that was embarrassing. Like those most shitty, I mean, like, ugh. like backyards have yeah. tighter ropes. Yeah, and this is the problem with using real rope. But hey, man, not my ring. It's not my not my pig and not my farm. So that's funny. Whatever. That's, that's that is what it is. Um, the other thing I did on Friday no, on Friday night. I saw Dead Tired at the Horseshoe. 
And for those of you who don't know, the Horseshoe Tavern is like a, I want to say iconic music venue, but it's a very small music venue in the city that a lot of bands would have played in as they came up in the Toronto scene. And Dead Tired, if you're unfamiliar, is uh, fronted by George from Lex on Fire. So anyways, whatever, uh, they're playing and there's this mosh pit that breaks out, which is to be expected in a hardcore show. Or a hardcore adjacent band, we'll say. But it's at the Horseshoe Tavern, and it's like fronted by George. So like everyone's like elder emos, like like me and James and Maddie, like like that era of of life, we'll say. So they're modern, but you can smell like Ben Gay, <laughs> right? Everyone's <laughs> a little too old to be doing this. But also, there's like people holding glass beer bottles in the middle of this fucking thing and i'm like this is not gonna end well for somebody this is a horrible idea you should not be in here if you have a glass beer bottle in your hand and not just that and this kind of goes back to our conversation last week or maybe it was a week before about um how sports should treat the trans community and whether they uh you know some people should play with the men and some people should play with the women and you know maybe they shouldn't mix as much as this some people want. There is this young lady who is in the middle of the mosh pit. I'm like, listen, I was standing far enough away just watching it all happen. But at the same time, I'm just watching her thinking she's about to get knocked the fuck out. Let me, and let me tell you, she got knocked the fuck out when she uh, decided to run in there up against a, you know, an average sized man. She got flattened, dude. Like she hit the floor. Everyone was like, whoa, and stopped and helped her up and made sure she was okay. She was a little wobbly when she got up, but I don't know if that was the beer or that was the, dude, the contact. In, 20, in 2023, though, the concept of a mosh pit, like, at what, like, what are we trying to accomplish here? I've been to... What is the purpose of a mosh pit? This sounds yeah. like dad James right now. It is, a little bit, and I still go to these shows, <laughs> but I stopped, like, being anywhere near the front of a show... 15 years ago because yeah. why like remember, at what remember the, at what the point show the girl that got rocked and destroyed had to carry her destroyed like what is the point at that like go go do bjj you want to get the shit beat out of you put some headphones on go as a rookie and do bjj like that's what you should do if you want to get the shit beat out of you put some airpods pro in with the noise canceling cue up some fucking bad omens and then go fight somebody who's really good at brazilian jiu-jitsu and you're not and that's what you should do because it's the same thing like the guys who just swing their arms like just fucking whatever like okay like man kevin blackwood or something like no why dude was it were you there when we watched we were on the balcony and we we're watching him just fucking kill it in the pit at a show i forget that's how kevin blackwood got booked for smash wrestling because he was just in the middle of the pit throwing kicks everyone was like well like, this, this guy cool. could take a bump <laughs> Yeah, um, it was. It's just I don't get it, man. Anymore, like include like if you, if yeah. it's your thing, whatever. But I don't know. I guess after becoming a philosophy major, I always ask like, what's the point? And then if I don't arrive at one, I'm like, well, here we are. Well, so yeah, that was. So there was two instances of mosh pits where I'm just like, this is why it's like I'm over it. One was that bless the fall show. This broad got knocked the fuck out, and they had to carry her. Like the show didn't stop. Like her friends carried her to the like back near the bar. And I think where was this? Was that Opera House, Jim? Phoenix. Phoenix. 
and she's just back at the bar and like they're layer on the floor and they're just standing there and i'm like well you know should have known better i guess right and then the other one was at warp tour chelsea grin girl dehydrated just absolutely like no water no nothing in a mosh pit and she ended up dying yeah and i'm just like those two instances alone i'm like look i'm not a small dude by like the average stretch you know i would probably be okay but like yo i don't want to get hit in the face <laughs> that's just it right like intentionally like i'm having a good time like it doesn't, doesn't oh yeah you. like i sleep awkwardly and i'm like frustrated and annoyed i couldn't imagine getting punched in the face at a concert just because and be like yo man i had a wild tire i'll nice punch one. in the face yeah guy hits Not you in the cool, face man. good one bud like all right sure yeah i think it's also as you become adults we're like you know what i have a lot going on in my life right now you guys way more than me with children and stuff I don't have time to sit in the emergency room right now with a broken nose. No, like, I don't, I don't want to go to the dentist and have to like get an implant put in. Cause someone knocked my tooth out. Like that's just, it's a horrible idea. So yeah, I'll just sit in the, I'll sit a little further. I still like to be on the floor. Yeah. Like, if it's one of those like Budweiser stage situations where it's an amphitheater seating and you have like the open area floor, I still want to be on the floor in the pit quote unquote, but I won't go into no. the monster. Nah, I will stay on the outside grass. of it. Let everyone else fucking kill each other. Give me and I have grass. a nice view of the stage. Give me the grass. Let me fucking chill. Enjoy the music. Go the yeah, fuck I'm home. At the, I'm at the point now where the enjoyment of my show is to go see the band perform. You know, especially guys like bands like Coheed, where it's Claudio is an absolute magician on everything he touches when it comes to an instrument. So I just, I want to go and experience that. I don't want to have to worry about, you know, getting hit or you know, bumping around and whatever. Like I'm there to see them perform. I'm not there to perform myself. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, you know, so like the priorities obviously shift. Um, and then the other thing too, man, it's just like, honestly, this is going to sound so old and grandpa-ish. Bruh, my back hurts standing there. I don't need another thing to hurt getting hit in the face or like kicked in the shins or some shit like that. You know, it's it's just it's not worth it to me anymore. So what was worth it for you this weekend, though? Um, yeah, what was worth it this weekend? I'm going to this weekend or this past week, I should say. Yeah, no, man, honestly. So for those who know me, I've gone 897 days without wearing real pants. And by real pants, I mean like jeans or khakis or anything like that. That that may all change. Because we got the call return to office oh no yeah two days a week um and you know it obviously i worked from home pretty much exclusively before covid started so the fact that i have to go back now is really frustrating um because i'm just like what's the point right like i did this before we all know the reason but like whatever I, i'm not gonna complain. i'm just like sure if that's what you guys want like it's not nothing really off my back i get it it's cool but i wore like american eagle like joggers like the ones that look like the khakis or like the type of pants before um before all of this on the days that i had to go in and those ones don't fit anymore and those won't fly when i have to go to like downtown like the main office so I just made a purchase of two pairs of jeans and I'm kind of upset because I wanted to hit a thousand days. 
I've been keeping count. That's that's a horrible feeling. I don't ever want to have to go back to the office. Like, I mean, I I go every so often when I have to, which is incredibly rare. But thinking back of that 2019 life of going in every day, man, that's just not a world I ever want to live in ever again. That was brutal. So the last time I've been in the office to actually work. So I've been in once since 2018. Um, and it was because I had two laptops that I had to drop off because I got new ones. And they're like, you really need to return these. And I'm like, all right, I'll go and drop them off. Went and dropped them off, said hi to a couple people, left. I haven't sat there to work since 2018. So this is going to suck. A hundred percent, it's going to suck. So I may just get drunk before I go. You know, make it make it exciting. Not really, because I like my job and I'm very good at my job. It's so a good way to I work from wanna... home in perpetuity <laughs> to not work <laughs> I know, and then I... just be sent home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something that was exciting was Hockey Night in Canada this past Saturday night, where the Leafs and the Oilers went at it in prime time in front of the whole world to see that the Edmonton Oilers are just a, a shell of what they could be, right? You look at this roster... You look at Connor McDavid, who put up point number 125 and 126 in that game. And as I was looking at Connor's stats, like the day of that game, I was like, obviously, there's always the argument of like, who's the better player, Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby? That, that, that like, argument will always exist. Much like when Crosby was at, in his prime, the conversation was, who was better, Crosby or Wayne Gretzky? Which is kind of ridiculous, because it's obviously Gretzky. But man... It's not even comparable when you look at in terms of the offensive numbers. Connor McDavid is head and shoulders better than Sidney Crosby ever was or could ever hope to be. Like, that's how incredibly special of a talent Connor McDavid is. Mm. And yet, here you are with the Edmonton Oilers in a wild card spot and barely hanging on to it as well. And look, I know these teams play each other recently in Edmonton, and the story is a little different when the game was in Edmonton. But this Maple Leafs team, without Ryan O'Reilly, without Luke Shen. And Matt Murray essentially playing his second game in like four months. With a ECHL goaltender in that. They found a way to put seven goals up on the Edmonton Oilers. They scored a touchdown on the Edmonton Oilers. A goddamn with touchdown. The, with their way goaltender in that. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. We should probably talk about that too. Of... Why the fuck Stuart Wait. Skinner was the starting goaltender in that Can game? We, I know Jack Campbell hasn't been great recently. Because you, you can't put a mental case back into, and not to be rude, not into the net when he's going back to his old team. Like, especially in the Toronto crowd, where it's, it's 50-50 at best, whether they cheer him or fucking... Like, I think they would, because I think he was pretty much yeah. personally loved here. But you don't want to yep. take that chance with that guy, because it's... It'd break him. It's game over. But I want to I roll back to Crosby. I don't think break him, like... Uh, for a Dude, second. Okay, but okay, fine. Go back to that. We'll come back to. Uh, uh, I have a theory about Connor McDavid that I just happened upon right now, and okay. the difference between him and the other players that get compared as the greatest of all time, whatever. Connor McDavid is so talented. Like he did that move the other day where he like spun between two defensemen and he like split the D oh. by like on I'm the so backhand. I'm so glad you brought that up. Right. It's almost as if it's so easy for him 
that he's lazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a, it feels watching him like there's a lack of drive that these other players had because it didn't come as easy for them. Like this dude basically breathes and gets points. He does he he takes three steps and he's around most defensemen, right? Like it's it's embarrassing the difference between his skill level and the other players in this league. I think it results in in the lack of I don't want to say desire, but it results in a lack of like really what's his next level? What's his next level? Right, and, but it and the be... differentiating factor between a guy like him and Crosby is Crosby will pull an entire team with him. And I don't know that McDavid, like McDavid's next level is to find a way to bring everyone with him. And I don't, I think he's so far ahead that it's, <clears throat> he'd have to <laughs> jog back, reach back and pull those guys. And it might be too far, which is crazy to say. Like they might be so far back that they, he can't pull them forward. I think a great way to illustrate that point, how good is Chris Kunitz? How good is Jake Gunzel? Pascal like there's always, right? Like there's always these random dudes who end up on Sidney Crosby's line who end up having incredible seasons. So that is the crux of the argument. As good as McDavid is, he doesn't make people around him better. Exactly. They get their chances because there's so much attention on him, but he doesn't drive them to be better. Where Crosby facilitated these guys. Crosby made careers for Pascal Dupuis. He made careers for Chris Kunitz. He made careers to the point where Chris Kunitz was on Team fucking Canada. Because Sidney Crosby made him that good. And Pascal Dupuis would have been there if he hadn't retired. And Chris Kunitz take that spot that Dupuis you know, used to play on. Um, and I think that that's always going to be the two things that will always be a knock on McDavid is one, he doesn't make those around him better. And I don't always think that the most talented player should necessarily be your leader. I don't agree with that kind of sentiment because I mean, on that team, you could argue dry makes people around him better more often than McDavid does. And I don't know if it's like an ego thing that they try to do it to satiate his ego so that they make him captain or whatever. But you could see that it didn't affect Matthews. If that was the logic, Matthews would have been the captain here. Obviously, there's other things that they were considering. And, you know, they didn't have a hometown guy like John Tavares, who's been a veteran and a captain before. I get it. But I just but, I don't necessarily think that he's a leader in the same sense that Crosby is. But can he make the guys around him better? If no. you're so far better, is what I'm saying. It's, like, but Sid was infinitely better, like, and thought the game at uh, infinitely higher level than everyone but, around him. Right, and that's the thing. I think Sid thinks the game at a higher level. I think McDavid is just almost like Neo in the fucking Matrix. Like everything just makes sense to him, and it's so automatic and muscle memory and he just does that it's you know he he would have to slow his game down so far that he would be ineffective as he is to make those around him better if that makes sense do you know what i mean like if he didn't if he brought his game down to the pace to make those around him better then he wouldn't be able to do what makes him different and i think that's the problem is you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place 
you know, you're you're too big to be small and, and you know what I mean? And it just doesn't it doesn't work. No, because I, I would say yes and no. But at the same time, it's if you're that good, you should be able to make it work with anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand what you mean, because that was the knock on Gretzky of why he was why he could never be a great coach, because he just saw the game at such a level that no one could comprehend. And so for him to try and explain to guys to say this, go here, do this and blah, blah, blah. They don't get it. You know, it's not in the realm of comprehension for them. So for him to kind of deliver that message, it, it just it doesn't fall on, you know, like minded or as capable an individual. But I think it's not just his skill level that kind of sets him apart that kind of makes it difficult for him. Could you imagine that if he took that level of ability and translated it to be a full 200 foot player? And he doesn't. He has no care for defensive hockey. The only time that he cares for defensive hockey is when he's on the PK and they're down a goal and they need a goal. So they put him on the PK. And at that point, they're like, look, just poke the puck and go. Right. Because you're going to be dealing with four forwards and a D man. And that D man is going to be so offensively minded that it's not going to be that difficult for you to get a chance shorthanded. Um, and I think, and that's been a lot of the comments. He's disinterested in defensive hockey. Like he'll do it because he has to, but if he took and worked as hard on that end of the ice as he does to get his points, he'd be a different player. And they probably would have already won a cup by now. I just think of it like a relay race, man. Like, <clears throat> imagine if one of the guys was running so fast that he actually had to slow down in order to pass the baton, and then it fucks up the whole team's race. Like, that's kind of how I see it. I just feel like this guy's Usain Bolt, and everybody else has no legs. Like, that's just what it feels like when I watch him play on this team. Is it's It's... But I don't know that there's anybody in the like they they've tried to find people that gel, and that's why it's such a rotating, a revolving door of personnel on his lines is because they can't find anyone in this league. And I look around the league, I don't know like if they had gone and got Patrick Kane. Like, is the difference between Patrick Kane and McDavid that I think it is? I don't I don't know that he would have worked there. I don't think Kane would have went there anyways. I think Kane I'm just was saying for one place. Pick yeah. your poison. Pick the next guy up. Whatever. I don't know. No, because it's hard because then you have guys that have been eternally, you know, arguably the most talented players to ever come through and they've still been able to make it work. Right? Like Kretzky I mean. made it work. Right. But he thought the game. I don't think McDavid thinks the game the way do. I think it's automatic for him. And that's the problem. Right. I don't know if we're giving him too much credit in terms of not necessarily for the skill level, but too much credit in the sense of like, or I sorry, not enough credit on how he thinks the game. And maybe it's just not in his capability. Maybe it's something he has to learn. Like I said, it's to understand the game more of big picture instead of just the micro bursts of when he's out there. Um, I will say this though. It's, it is fun to watch him, but I don't. This, this would trigger a lot of people. I don't think he'll win there. I really don't. I think they're so strapped on their cap situation and 
that's what happens when you give four and a half to five million to a goalie that's never proven it really for an extended period of time in, in Jack Campbell. And then you have all these dead contracts that, you know, like taking on the Duncan Keith and then you're paying Darnell Nurse nine million dollars to be one of the worst defensive players I've ever seen in terms of like he's great defensively in the sense of being a defenseman, but he costs you so much in just stupid mistakes and stupid decisions, whether it's stupid plays with the puck, whether it's not being able to keep up with somebody and you take so many. He took three penalties that game. Okay. So on your statement here, because I think you raise a good point. Over under. Ready? And we if we disagree, we can have 20 years from now burger bets. Over <laughs> under. It'll be at some weird space burger or something. Yeah, I know. It, it, it'll be like a grown burger where they just float. put a till down yeah. and put water and it grows into a burger. Yeah. Over under two and a half cups for Connor McDavid. Under. I'm going to say over. I'm not saying gonna, they're happen in Edmonton. I was going to say the under. I don't know. I don't know that they make it work anywhere. I just, I don't, I think the problem is too, I think it's the worst problem to have because you can have the best player and you just, I don't think they're ever going to find anyone that gels properly unless they clone him. And even so, then they would just skate around each other. Here's the thing. Um, I don't, don't think, I don't, two and a half is a lot. <laughs> yeah. As I'm thinking about it, because uh, so, Crosby doesn't have three, does he? Yeah. Yes, he does. Okay. He got his third when he was like 34. Um, but like Sid's a mutant, both mentally, physically, like his work ethic is unparalleled to anybody else in the league. And I'll go to my grave saying that because you don't have that level of success if you're not tweaked in the head in a different hey, way. You know what? You raise a good point. Two and a half is a lot over under one and a half. I still in say Edmonton? under. I, no, in general, I still say under. Yeah, I'm just looking at like some of the best players of all time. Like Mario Lemieux won two, right? Like Jeremy Roenick like, didn't win one. One and a half. I'll say under. I, the lines have moved. <laughs> the money, money's coming in. <laughs> money, money's <laughs> coming in on the under. Like, there's so many guys who win cups who like, that you don't say like, oh, they're instrumental parts of that cup winning team. So it's hard to like. But like Qualify. Denny Potvin never won a cup. But that's like, what I'm saying, right? Guys who win cups sometimes aren't major parts of a team because they're the complementary piece to make it work. This guy right. is such a major part of a team that I don't know that there are any complementary pieces that complement that style of game. So I'll I'll say it like this. I think I think we have to shift how we look at him. The most talented player? Yes. Skilled? Yes. Best? Maybe not. And I say that because I don't think you can limit it strictly to skill and talent. I think you have to look at all facets of leadership, work ethic, drive. And and by no means am I saying the dude doesn't have a work ethic. You know, anybody who makes it in pro sports, even the worst player in the league, has better work ethic than 99% of the rest of the world. I'm not saying that. I'm saying relative to the rest of the field that he's in, in terms of the best all time, you know, the Gretzky's, Crosby's, Ovechkin's, fucking even Stamkos, all those guys. I think it lacks in comparison. So 
most skilled, most talented, 100%. And the proof is in what he's doing this season, that he's at 100 and something points halfway through the season. Um, uh, yeah, so in terms of points, he's scoring at a he's scoring 1.89 points per game. And in the it's modern the era, that's, that's nuts. The clip he's currently on. He has 127 points as of recording in 67 games. That's crazy. Um, actually, you know what? I don't know if he's played every game this season. That might change my math a bit. And his um, team is in a wild card spot. They are in a wild card spot. And depending on... Have the Penguins missed the playoffs in the Crosby era? Yes. It, I think it was like his first season. No, they went to but the Cup in the first then, season, didn't they? And they lost. No, they they the missed cup. the playoffs in 2010, 2011. Um, that might be it, though. That's that it. might be his concussion season. He only played 41 games that year. So, yes. I think that's the concussion. The David Steckel hit job. And his uh, first... Yeah, you're right. His rookie year, where Crosby scored 102 points in his rookie year, uh, they did not make the playoffs that year either. So, would this be... So, it sucks when you have guys, like I said, Denny Potvin never won a cup. Jeremy Roenick, never win a cup. Eric Lindros, never win. Like, all these great players that we can remember that never won. Would it be the greatest travesty if it goes down that he never wins a cup? I don't give a fuck. I, um, like, taking the personal bias aside, because, like, personally to me, he just looks like such a wiener and such a whiner. And for all, <laughs> like, the fucking Edmonton fans and Evander Kane complaining about Michael Bunting diving, he's got two of the biggest divers on his team and Dry Saddle and McDavid. So you can shut the fuck up. But so to confirm, uh, 67 games has been played by McDavid and 67 games have been played by the Oilers. So my math is right. The pace he's on is. At 1.89 points per game, he's on pace to score 155 points this season, which would put him tied with Steve Eiserman for 14th of all time. Like in one season to score 155 points. That's 14th on the list of most points scored in the NHL. I mean, but it doesn't sound that interesting, that like impressive that you he's 14th. You can find but, like, everyone that, above him is yeah. like Marlemieux, Marlemieux, Gretzky, Gretzky, Lemieux, Gretzky, Gretzky, Lemieux, Gretzky. And like, you can find like, sites no, that do. The most points Yager ever scored is 149. So he, you can, he passed Yager. You can find sites that'll do error adjustment stuff too. Like they have calculations and they'll do the math for you. But I don't know, man. I just, mm, something's a little, you know, left of center here that doesn't quite make sense to me with him. And I, you know, we've tossed a lot of things out there. I don't know what it is, but like even watching that game, like that team, I don't know. That was a really good game. And I actually felt like it felt very playoffy for Toronto, which was good. Um, well, it's, if the Oilers are complaining about that, man, in that game, they're going to have a rough time in playoffs, man. Like, I know they talk about saying, oh, we've got that DeHarnay rookie on the back end who's a, like a 6'2 mutant, and they got Matias Ekholm, and Evander Kane's a tough guy, right? But, like, there's, there's, there's being a tough guy, and then there's being playoff tough. And playoff tough isn't just physically being able to withstand the rigors. It's mentally being able to withstand the rigors. And Dude. they like Vander Kane became unhinged at Michael Bunting. If he became unhinged on Michael Bunting, they have bigger issues to worry about going into the playoffs. Dude, yeah, Dan you think when did he get, full they get to the playoffs, and they have to play Dallas Stars. Oh, and... Jamie Ben will feast on these guys. Right? Dude, the <laughs> Deharney did a full on Kovalev after Tavares hit him in the hand. And if that happens in the playoffs and you, you throw your glove down and you start bending over, the the play's gonna keep going. Like that's yeah. that's not 
going to stop the play. So I don't, you know, it, it's, I don't know. Hypothetically, if they had got to the cup final and had to play Boston, I would, I just with Boston Marshawn four. alone. Boston and four. Like, yeah, Marshawn and Bertuzzi would be getting penalties against, or like drawing so many penalties just by getting under the skin of every one of those players. Like I said, the moment I saw that the Oilers become unhinged when one, they collapsed and two, the guy like Bunting, who's, who's like a pretty good pest and agitator, but definitely not like in the upper echelons of the league. Like I wouldn't put him a top five agitator in the league. And they just completely lost their cool over the shit he was pulling or even Deharnay on Tavares, who's one of the coolest headed dudes on the team. Like, that just says to me that they're not mentally there. They may get there, but as of today, no way. The flip side, I think, is it shows the Leafs are playing the kind of hockey that we've said has been missing. And I don't think he'd be understated. Like Dustin said. Well, I don't think it'd be understated. That, like, Noel Achari might be the best trade deadline pickup for this team in the last 10 years. Like, well, he's a, he's a Bruins product, right? Like, he got brought up in that style culture. and system. So he yeah. knows what it takes. Right, and then Sam Lafferty, like these are guys you watch, and they're they're always buzzing right in front of the crease, right, and that gets frustrating mm-hmm. for teams. Um, yeah. And Tavares usually plants his fat ass in front of the net too, right? Like that's why uh, what's his nuts, Deharnay was so pissed. But you look at that that stuff is infectious, right? Like he, historically, Tavares would never have taken that swing. Like that is the most un-Tavares like thing. For him to do but he does that because the team is now starting to get well, in that playoff mode because of those guys around him but we've seen that all season though i wouldn't necessarily like i would say it's amplified with them here for sure because they're gamers and they kind of that kind of mentality and attitude drags people along because if your fourth line guy's doing that as a top line type guy you're like i can't let them dictate that this way i have to buy in as well but you see it earlier in the season. Matthews got run in the one game, and he just goes at the guy and just hooks him and trips him down and like gives him a couple whacks. He w- hadn't done that that much previously. William Nylander, he took that major uh, roughing penalty because uh, in Montreal, behind the net, the guy took him, so he just turns around and took a whack at him. Tavares, whacking dudes on the wrist. Marner's definitely come back at guys. Like, all season, they've shown... And I think it's a very good sign because it's everything we've wanted them to be doing for the past five, six years that they're finally doing. And I think, like you said, it's also a lot easier when you have guys like Jake McCabe on the back end who will run everybody. He took a few runs at a few guys. And on Saturday night, there was one really nice hit that he had in the uh, neutral zone. I forget who was on, but just after the guy went to do you know, a quick little dump and chase and McCabe just two strides right into him and just laid him out. And then he buckled somebody. I think it was Shore in, uh, in the corner. And those are the type of guys that when games get like that, that, and this is the thing, is they don't have to be guys that are going to go out there, grab somebody and start fighting. They're guys that can play through the shit, continue to play the game and grind it out and grind another team down in those moments and keep playing, keep yeah. moving the puck, keep generating. You're distributing you know. the punishment is what you're doing. It's not all yeah. in one spot. And I think that's, and, you know, I'd say that you're right. The Leafs have had a little bit of pushback more, but if we can identify events, like it's not enough. Like the, 
they need to blend together so that it becomes you know like you said like achari from boston where it's it's a culture you know but i i think it's starting to blend together more that the take no shit attitude is and i think you're i think jake mccabe might be the biggest factor in all that it's because that dude is just aggressive all the time wants to win like he he would rather he would rather go down and like hurt and win than play the game and be safe and you know maybe lose by one and be like well you know i you know i tried and you know i played hard like to him if you're not hurt coming out of a game or a playoff series he he wasn't working hard enough and he's that type of guy do you think it was a good idea or bad idea i i mean i think you already know way i think but for jack campbell not to start this game for the oilers yes i think it was a good idea because like i had said and i know like we kind of started to get into it i think if the turnaround is that if the leafs score those four goals in five minutes on jack campbell you can pretty much pack it in for the season for him you know i don't know no man like he's already had his struggles this season and then to go back he hasn't played them yet because he didn't play them last time and then like when they were in Edmonton and then to come back to Toronto where you were loved and he wanted to stay. They just didn't give him the money against guys. He's great friends with and a team that has aspirations to be yeah. cup contenders. You can't embarrass yourself against your former fan base and your friends like that. And then be a guy like that and carry out the rest of the season on a positive note. I don't. Right. But how do you leave here and go sign somewhere else for more money and then be like sheltered and hidden, and never playing against that team again? The, like the, the fact that they sheltered him already shows me that they're worried that he. Well, that's what I mean. Like, how are you going to get that confidence back then by saying, no, you're not good enough to beat your former team. We're going to make starting sure that... next year. Yep. They got four years, four more years after this to figure it out. It already I... shows me that they have no faith in him if they're not going to play him against Maple Leafs. Is he yeah. your starting goaltender or not? If you no. if you look a lot of games against top teams he hasn't played against. Yeah, it's like, they sheltered Skinner. him. He's a four and a half million backup. Yeah, and to tell you the truth, I, I think they wrote he's they a wrote the million season. Backup, actually. <laughs> I think they wrote the season off. Like I think they wrote his season off. Like I don't think they're counting on him this year to deliver on the four and a half. Like they're calling it a wash and five. five. Um they're calling it a wash and they'll they'll back to the drawing board and they'll hit it again next year which i mean maybe i'm saying four and a half because i'm thinking (laughs) thinking of matt murray so i just think that's like and that comes back to mcdavid too is you're willing to wash another season away potentially of the best player of our generation or the most talented or skilled player of our generation like at some point this guy's gonna look and be like He'll be what twenty eight when he's a UFA. As say, hypothetically, say this was him going to his UFA. David, yeah, he will be 27, 28, 29, 30. Okay, so he still has th- five more years of top line production. Four Are more you... years. If, if you count this year, it's four more years. No, I'm saying like when he's a UFA, when he hits thirty, you could accurately put him at top of league scoring or at that level for four more years after. Uh, yeah, at least I mean, a guy of his caliber, you would expect him to play well into his late 30s. Okay. So then looking at that now, hypothetically, say this was his UFA season. What percentage do you 
like, and this is how the season's gone. They're a wild card team and playoffs, and say they lose in the first or second round or whatever. What's your percentage on him resigning at Edmonton or taking the field and going somewhere else? So it depends on two factors, in my opinion. So it would depend on a if there's another team out there that has the cap space to be able to offer him the money that he deserves. And assuming that is yes, then I think there's a 0% chance he would resign in Edmonton. The only benefit that Edmonton has is the additional year that they're able to tack onto his contract, right? But he's going to make enough money, whether it's sponsorships, whether it's, you know, endorsements, whatever, that that extra year is going to be moot for him, especially with yeah. the way that the NHL earning structure is that it's not like you're going to the NBA and that that extra year would get you another 50, 60 million, right? Like it'll get him 13 million, you know, and in the grand scheme of things, they could balance that out in other ways, like hypothetically, and I'm not saying I want him to come here, but if it was say the Leafs, they'd be like Jersey sales cuts, he would get infinitely more here than he would in Edmonton. And then also sponsorship deals, whether like look at Matthew's doing RBC commercials, he's doing, you know, bet 365 commercials, he's doing or bet 99 or whatever. The marketability of being in a market like this versus Edmonton, your earning potential just skyrockets. So what you may get in contract more in that extra year, it's going to be a wash just with everything else that you get playing here or the Rangers for that matter. Like if he went to New York, Holy shit. Right? Um, I don't know, man. I just think he... A guy like that is... You know, who's... Kind of won everywhere he's went. And he's not... Successful in Edmonton. And a lot of people will blame him. I feel like he'll... He'll want out. And at what point does the fan base turn on him? Be like, you're the best player in the league and you can't deliver. I don't think they do because mm. what else do you want them to do? And that's, that's what I think the, if the fan base is going to turn on anybody in Edmonton, it's going to be on the ownership and it's going to be on coaching. And Penn because Holland, yeah. you're going to look at Connor McDavid and say, well, the motherfuckers put up 150 points. What more do you want? Right? Like at some point it's not just him. Like he can't do it all himself. The argument will be is why didn't you do it in the playoffs? Well, they have to get there first. Mm. And in order to get there, they're going to have to win a few more games down the stretch. And that's the thing. The teams that are ahead of them aren't crap teams. Like these aren't, nope. it's Vegas, right? It's LA who's actually had a really good season. And these guys are young and like LA looks good. Currently ahead of them in their division is yeah. Vegas, LA and Seattle. Uh, Colorado is only a couple points behind them. And Nashville is about five points behind Colorado. So it seems Colorado would scare the shit out of me because now they're healthy. And the Flames are right there, too, uh, in terms of uh, point numbers. Excuse me, not Colorado. I meant, uh, yeah, not, yeah, never mind. Anyways, the point is, there's a couple teams nipping at their heels. Colorado, I think, yeah, you're right, is poised to uh, shoot up that standing as well. We'll see. We'll see how but it goes. Um, do you think Edmonton should feel comfortable or safe in saying, hey, yeah, they're in a wild card spot now, but you can pretty much pencil them in for the playoffs or do you think it's dicey the the people behind sure i don't know if it's that dicey i mean who's behind edmonton and colorado like in terms of the wild card yeah it's nashville and calgary have 73 points each so they're five points back of colorado and calgary's got the they were saying the strength of schedule is the easiest for calgary out of all those teams 
Yeah, well, and the Oilers are seven points ahead of those teams, so I don't know. I well, don't know. Seven points is nothing. You, lo- you lose two games, they win two games. There it is. There's your eight points. True. Yeah, nope. especially if especially with the amount of games they probably have left against each other. Like those Calgary Edmonton games, if you're Edmonton, you have to win those. Nashville also has three games in hand on uh, Edmonton. So. Yeah, but they getting rid of Ekholm and kind of packaging some guys out. Like they pretty much resigned themselves that they were like, "Hey, we'll play it out, but we don't expect," which could be good for them. You know, no pressure. They just go in and play well. But um, if you're Edmonton, whatever games you have left against Calgary ha- are must-win games. And it's it's a non-starter, and it's a right has to win in regulation. Like you can't be giving them that loser point, um, because you're sinking your season if you do that. Because yeah, like you only- said, it's Calgary wins two. Say they have two remaining, and Calgary wins both of them. You've just an eight-point swing, and you know not just that. It's not just the the standings that are impacted, but it's the mental state of the rest of the team. Because now guys are nervous and now guys aren't feeling comfortable. Like people are complaining about Austin Matthews. Looks like he doesn't care. If I was Austin Matthews and I know that who I'm going to be playing in six weeks from now, and it's been a foregone conclusion and you're just like, Hey, I just want to make it this season, be healthy. You know, I'm working on, yeah, my offensive numbers aren't as good as last year, but that's because I'm trying to focus more on a 200 foot game. Yeah. I wouldn't give a shit either. I'd be working, taking this time to one, get healthy, stay healthy Two, you know, ramp up for the playoffs three, you know, work on the things defensively that I need to work on and get myself ready for that. But man, if you're the Oilers and you end up losing two to Calgary and you're in that position to have that kind of pressure on you, man, it's a good test for your team to see where they are. But if they crumble, Holy shit. Well, there's only about 15 games left for most teams in the NHL right now. And it's coming down to the wire. We are in mid-March. And, of course, the NHL season usually ends up uh, wraps up at the uh, beginning of April. One more thing I wanted to get to about that weekend game. Okay. Is Mitch Marner the best player on this team? Okay, so here's the thing. I could have scored that goal, too, if uh, someone throws the puck in front of their own goddamn net for no goddamn reason, okay? Now, could I have done the fancy move that Mitch Marner did? Absolutely not. No, I would have <laughs> fell on my face. But, guys, when I'm playing Chell, and I have the puck in my own zone, and I want to go to a D-to-D pass, you know what I do? I pass the puck around the net. Not in front of it. Around the net. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you doing? You're a professional so- hockey player. It's first rule you learn yeah. in minor hockey. And how, how is it possible that I am more responsible playing a video game with the puck than a professional hockey player is? With Mitch Marner right in front of you. Yeah, it's not. Like, <laughs> if, it, it, if it's some plug that is like a fourth liner that isn't as talented, you don't make that play. When it's arguably the league leader in takeaways sitting between you and your defensive partner, that's more of a reason to not do it. Um, heads up, Edmonton actually doesn't play Calgary anymore. Okay, so that's um, best case scenario for them. Yeah, but they, I mean, I'll rhyme you off their games real quick. Starting tomorrow, Ottawa, Dallas, Seattle, San Jose, Arizona, Vegas, Arizona, Vegas, LA, Anaheim, LA, Anaheim, San Jose, Colorado, San Jose. So it's I'd say it's about 50-50. There's a yeah. lot of Vegas and LA in there, though. And Arizona. 
But there's a lot of Arizona and Anaheim and San Jose. Yeah. But I think I, the, 50, those, 50. Are, those are games that you expect them to win. The ones against the other teams, I don't know. Like they lose, they lose two straight from now. Like Ottawa is playing well, and Ottawa is pushing. You know, they're trying to make it. They're not far out of a wild card themselves. So, I mean, it's it's definitely not like looking at the schedule saying they can coach the rest of the season. They got to play well. That's a pretty big fuck up by the NHL, FYI. Like, how is yeah. there not like a lot of games down the stretch of Edmonton and Calgary at the end of the season? Or even yeah, Vancouver like you, or, yeah. You would want that kind of battle of Alberta to finish off the season similar to how Toronto plays Montreal, right? Yeah. Especially now when both teams are kind of at the same, I guess, stage of their programs. But yeah, the Marner thing. That dude is just he 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 took over that game. He got that takeaway, got the goal. He generated the other goal. There's the other instance that he had where he took the puck away and caused a goal. Even like just the way he facilitates everything, that it just looks like where Matthews is your trigger man, but everything flows through him. Dude, he's been the he's, best player on this team all year. Yeah. Like from game one up until now. He's made a lot of people shut up. Like a lot of people that, and we shit on him at the Myself end of last included. season. Yeah. I didn't, but sure. I James well, did. I did too. <laughs> you know, like I know. Listen, almost getting held up in a car changes you. Yeah. Yeah. You know where that was? A Toko VIP. A Toko VIP. I'm just telling you, it's not yeah. the same as the uh, Oakville VIP, all right? There's, there's yeah. benefits to go to the Oakville VIP. Yeah, well, they caught the guys. Um, yeah, like, he's just... I don't know. I just hope that this is not just, like, a regular season type thing, that he can find a next gear or change his style of play for the playoffs. Because that's, again, we can, you know, be excited or be happy with how these guys are playing or how the team's doing. But like we've said since the start of the year, no one gives a shit until playoffs for the for these guys at this point. It's like the Raptors were at the, you know, a few years ago where, you know, they were getting to the playoffs. Everyone was happy, but it got to the point where, you know, no one gave a shit about the regular season anymore. So. You're right. Um, it's a good comparison, actually, of like the Raptors that year when they brought in Kawhi. It's like that's what they needed, right, was to spark the change in the organization of we're not that team anymore. We are all in and this is what we're going for. And I think the Leafs have made that clear. I think at least, at least especially with this offseason or an offseason, this uh, trade deadline where they brought in a whole lot of guys to, to make, make some moves. And a lot of them came at a great price. And if you want something at a great price, you should check out Now Your Treasures because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send them a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A 
or dot com. And remember, make sure you go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send them a DM of 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Now, it almost seems like 43% of the quarterback availability pool has been vanished over the past couple days. First of all, we saw the Bears trade their first overall pick, which we were hypothesizing about the past couple weeks of what the Bears are going to be doing. And I thought maybe the first round pick would be traded to the Baltimore Ravens for Lamar Jackson. But nevertheless, Lamar Jackson is, in fact, still available. Do you think the Bears went shopping on the Carolina Panthers' expense? Look at the return that they got for that first overall pick. Yeah, they got a, they got, sorry, it was the ninth pick they got back. So another first round pick. Top they 10, got the yeah. 61st pick as well. They got a first round pick in 2024, a second round pick in 2025, and DJ Moore. <laughs> so it's like, it gives DJ Moore as well while we're at it. Yeah, it's like draft day. And we're taking DJ Moore. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, I, this is exactly what we said the Bears need to do. And I think the Bears, immediately become one of the better teams in that division with like depending on how they draft like let's see how they draft but they draft as good as the jets they're gonna be all right right so that's the thing it all depends on who the bears end up going with i mean it's it seems like a foregone conclusion they're taking a quarterback i would assume the Bears? Or sorry, the Bears the Bears aren't anymore. <laughs> the Panthers, excuse yeah. me, would I assume would be taking a quarterback with the first Looks like CJ Stroud, I guess. It could be CJ Stroud, it could be Bryce Young. Like there's a uh, a couple of options at quarterback at the top there, but after that, if you're looking at now in the middle of the first not middle of the first round, we'll say, anywhere from pick 8 through 11 of where the Bears might be going. You think they go tight end, uh, Michael Mayer? Maybe. Do they go down to, oh, like Quinton Johnson, who's that wide receiver? Like, there's a lot of interesting options that the Bears now have with this ninth pick in- instead of first, and plus they also get the sixty-first pick, and they have a ton of money they can use. Mm, ton of money. Justin Fields is going to be a star in this league. Already is a star in this league. They already have DJ Moore now on the wide receiver side. I mean, they might just go heavy on defense, honestly, in the first round, I think. I think that's yeah. probably where they're going. And, you know, Nolan Smith, linebacker from Georgia, probably makes a lot of sense. But, you know, that was just one of the many crazy things that happened in the NFL just the Bears? this past couple of days. The Bears, yeah, the Bear trade with... Uh, no, no, but I'm just saying, like, you think they're going to take a linebacker? Yeah, I think it's possible. Right now, CBS has them taking Lucas Van Ness, the edge. Yeah. The kid from Iowa. Iowa, yeah. yeah I, I mean, good. that's what we said. We said, like, hey, the offense for them will come. The defense is their issue. That's where they need to kind of get it or protection for Justin Fields on the line. So, dude, it's ridiculous that they just went, they traded that first round pick and they were like, DJ Moore, who immediately slots in at WR1 for them. Like, yep. yeah. That, and now see, they're, that's and now the they're receivers. We talking about, though. Right. But now the receivers are more Mooney and Claypool. That's pretty good. It's not bad. I think you need one more. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on Darnell Mooney. No, not at um, all. And to be honest, I'm not entirely sold on, on Cole Komet either. 
So, yeah, you're right. Maybe it is a, a tight end. Maybe it is another wide receiver. But like you said, at the end of the day, they got oodles of cash, too. Yeah. I'm just looking at the wide receiver list. Um, of the draft or free agents? Uh, free agents. And who's um, jumping out at you? I mean, Odell's sat for a while, but maybe he sees, you know, slot him in as a 2-3. He might not be too bad there. Um, I mean, whether you want to take a flyer on Juju. Nope. Nope. Next. <laughs> uh, if you ask me right now, do I want Juju or do I want Odell? I'm taking Odell all day. Who's Jarvis Landry? Sure. No, not, I mean, no. But there's no, there's no real top flight. Yeah, I mean, like, like Julio Jones is on that list, but he's way past his prime. That yeah, man's retiring. He'll be playing the XFL next year. Yeah, so, I mean, there's not a lot of guys on the free agent market. You never know. Maybe they take that ninth pick, maybe, or the one of the picks they got from the Panthers and trade it out to somebody for some wide receiver help. Or, you know, maybe there's... I don't know, man. Like, they can do so much now because they don't... We're still looking at it as, oh, they're going to draft ninth, they're going to do this, but they can move so much crap from what they got to get help on either side of the ball, right? So whoever the Bears GM is, and I'm not familiar with who it is, dude did some shrewd work for that first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it didn't stop there because Jimmy Garoppolo signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, he's now, I don't know if they've... All- Officially signed Garoppolo. But I think it's one of those things where like a free agency officially starts on Wednesday. So all the reports from Adam Schefter now say like is signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. So I don't think the the contract has been officially signed yet. But the expectation is when free agency opens on Wednesday that Jimmy Garoppolo will be signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. Three years at 72.75 million is the report. The man dated a porn star. He's gonna go to Sin City, live yeah. his best life. Not he doesn't even have to pack a truck. He doesn't no. have to move. A man that good looking with that much money and that talent like, let's be honest, he's a talented QB. He's gonna feast in Vegas. Feast. Yeah. Man's gonna eat. Yeah. He's hungry. He's gonna eat. <laughs> Do you think all of a sudden the Raiders are a better team now than they were last year? Ooh, because see that's the thing. Like I, I saw a image on it feels lateral. on Twitter. Someone put someone put together like here's the offense of the Raiders. I'm like okay, it's uh, Josh Jacobs and it's Devontae Adams and it's uh, Darren Waller and uh, Hunter Renfro. I'm like okay, and then your quarterback is Jimmy G. I'm like is it, the the way it made it look was like oh look how great this offense looks. Like it, it looks like the exact same offense to me. You just swapped out That's what I one mean. quarterback for another. It feels so lateral. Is, is Jimmy G a better quarterback than Derek Carr? I mean, he's gone further than Derek Carr. Granted, he's had better teams around him. I feel like it's that picture from the office where it's like, it's the same picture. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's that meme. So I don't know. I like, it's funny that I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, maybe look at Jimmy G. And then I, then when you like look at it, you're like, this is the same place I was yesterday. Exactly. But yeah. someone who's in a brand new place is Mike White. 
is going to be signing with the Miami Dolphins. And so uh, there's a couple of reasons why I bring Hall Mike White up. Because Hall obviously this Mike is White. a... Hall of Famer. <laughs> the reason why I bring this up is not just because uh, we got a couple of Jets fans on this show. But it's also because I think it was last week when we were discussing where Lamar Jackson may end up. And I was like, you know what? Miami makes a lot of sense. Or not necessarily Lamar Jackson, but where's Tom Brady end up? You know, Miami makes a lot of sense. Like I always, I felt like Miami needed a quarterback, but I didn't think they were going to go the route of a backup quarterback. I was under the assumption they were going to bring in someone to lead to a tongue of Iloa and someone to be a more of a safety net. Like if Tua's not going to be, I okay, I was assuming that they were giving up on Tua at least for the time being, but it doesn't look like that's the case at all. I think, although I mean, they're giving him some good money. Two years, sixteen million. But I think he's no more than a backup, essentially. I'll take eight million a year for two years to be a backup. <laughs> I, I would also take that deal, but that does all of a sudden leave a vacancy at quarterback for the New York Jets, which apparently has been filled by one well, Aaron Rodgers. Unconfirmed. I mean, it seems all but confirmed at this point. So the trade hasn't officially happened yet as of well, recording. Everything says that it's it's pretty much done. It's just they're dotting the Dude, I's and crossing. The, the fucking players were celebrating on Twitter without an announcement. Yep. So no official announcement yet. But Garrett Wilson was like, oh, I can go join my vacation now. I don't have anything to worry yeah. about because I know I don't have doofuses throwing me the ball next year. Brees oh, Hall said got- Cheesehead did it. Which is a direct reference of the time that Garrett Wilson put the cheese head. Was it Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall when they beat the Packers and he put the cheese head on his and he went down the tunnel? I don't know. I forget. I remember. I remember it happening. I can't remember who it was. But like the, obviously, that's a reference to Green Bay, right? So the players have been communicated that it's coming. There's probably some very final pieces that have to be agreed upon, but. I imagine what happened is the Jets got the okay that Rogers said he'll go. And there's probably, it's probably like, is it a fifth or a sixth? And this year or that year, those are probably the, like the last little details. Or if Green Bay is going to retain any money. No, it would be funny though. And this won't happen. For Zach Wilson? Would... <laughs> no, that would be funny as well though. I was thinking uh, it's Garrett Wilson that's going. No, <laughs> he's the he's one like, celebrating on Twitter. Like, yeah, I can enjoy my vacation now. But, and then the trade comes out. It's like, hey, by the way, you're moving to Green Bay. Speaking of that, I want to let's do a little like role play stuff here for a second. If you're Zach Wilson, oh, and you wake up today and you're doing, and then all of a sudden you look at social media and it's your boys celebrating, you have a replacement. Are you looking at it like? I would celebrate too because it's fucking Aaron Rodgers. Or are you looking at it like they're celebrating because I'm not throwing them the ball anymore? They're probably celebrating because he woke up beside one of their moms. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's both. I think they're happy that it's not him. And not to say they won't be in the future because getting to learn from Aaron Rodgers, like we all said, would be the best thing for Zach Wilson is to have a veteran guy. And the early talk was obviously an Aaron Rodgers would be a beauty fit. And they're happy to have, you know, a back-to-back MVP as, you know, recent as a couple years ago. Um, 
do I think Aaron Rodgers is done and past it? I mean, his prime, yes, but he still has a lot in the tank to be a top five, 10 quarterback in the league, uh, especially with this team around him. He has much more around him now than he did in Green Bay. So I think I think they're happy for both. Um, and not to say that, like I said, they won't be happy in the future when Wilson gets a chance to learn, not just to play the game better, but to be a better pro and to be a better teammate from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's a little 50-50 right now, but you know what I mean? I think it's it's all win-win for them. Well, but like if you're Wilson... Say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, um, immunization tactics. I don't think anyone's ever claimed that he wasn't a great teammate to Green Bay. Like, at least for the players on the field, when they played with him, I think everyone respected Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. If you're... If you're I was going to say, I think the idea that Rodgers is past his prime is okay, and I think it comes down to the thing you were kind of saying there. I don't know he's going to be forced to make plays the same way he was forced last year in Green Bay. Like, I, don't, I think he's going to have more options. He's going to have guys running better routes. He's going to have guys... He's going to have Brees Hall back healthy, Lord willing. He's just going to be able to to play a game that probably suits his age, honestly, because he's going to be surrounded by guys who can make plays, right? So I think that helps that situation. But I guess what the question I was asking, though, was if you're Zach Wilson, how are you taking this? Are you taking these guys celebrating as, like, fuck you, Zach, or are you taking it as we are getting a Hall of Famer? Are, am I Zach Wilson or yes. am I... you're Zach. I, so am I thinking about this like if it was me, or I'm thinking about it if I am Zach Wilson? If you're Zach As Wilson, Zach Wilson. So if I if that's tough because I don't know what what Wilson should be thinking is this is a great opportunity for him to elevate his game and emulate the work ethic of Aaron Rodgers and get to sit under his learning tree for a season. That's the way he should be looking at it. But he's a young guy, presumably with uh, a lot of confidence and a bit of an ego. That's, I'm presuming that. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think you have to be at, at his level to have some sort of ego. I'm sure it can hurt. I'm sure he might just want to say, no, this is my team. I want to do this. But honestly, he hasn't earned it. I don't think at any point last year you could confidently say that Zach Wilson was the starting quarterback of that team. Well, his attitude earned the trade of Aaron Rodgers coming into the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. How, how, how do you feel about it, Jim? I mean, I think I'm, inter I'm interested to see where the lines go for Super Bowl favorites come this time next week. I imagine they vault near the top, which is a weird space to be in for us because I think the Jets have been near the top of a Super Bowl favorite since the Rex Ryan days. Um, hmm. That's a long time ago. Right? Yeah, I think that's where it all went downhill, right? So I I I don't I I don't know why people like I'm concerned if there's gonna be a circus that follows, if he's gonna be on Pat McAfee every week saying weird shit that's gonna fuck with the team. I well mean, I don't think he can't be on Pat McAfee because he's suing Pat McAfee, isn't he? No, that's Brett Favre. Oh, that's Favre. Never mind. <laughs> but the, getting the, getting their the careers the are the same. Quarterbacks mixed up. Yeah, right. Their careers <laughs> exactly the same. So, um, but 
I mean, I'm, I'll be on DHgate tomorrow getting an Aaron Rodgers jersey once it's announced. I was just going to ask, uh, how quickly have you already looked it'll be at this here, website? It'll too? be here in time for workouts and <laughs> and uh, preseason training. So, Well, assuming Rodgers even goes to those workouts. No, nah, he won't. Uh, he will. Actually, I think I think a new he team, won't. he goes to OTAs. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think... It changes the dynamic of that division. That division next year is going to be the most different looking that division's been in 20 years. If you're and Buffalo, you're worried. Yeah, well, 100%. Because you're go- Jets- if you're Buffalo, you're going backwards. Yeah. Already, which is weird. Yeah, Vaughn Miller coming back off injury, especially at that age, you don't know how he'll be. And questionable you know, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Hurt at the end of the season. Probably not playing up to what <clears throat> he can because of said injury. And I don't know, man. Like, it's a, a guy with the cachet of Rodgers with that team around him. Because everyone said they're a quarterback away from being an elite team. They got it. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. The whole dynamic in that, like, the Pats are basically, you know, People are questioning whether they trade Mac Jones. Like, that whole, like, the Dolphins, like you said, Tua. So it really comes down to the Jets and, and the and the Bills. We'll see. And we'll also see what ends up happening with uh, John Morant. So we wanted to talk about this story because it was a strange one. So if you're not familiar with what happened here, there was a video floating around on the interwebs and it's really dark. Okay. So let's, let's preface that at least by saying that it's not entirely clear what the hell is going on, but at the same time, it's really clear what's going on. Um, John Moran, of course, who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies was seen on this video in a strip club, presumably a strip club, guess i can't say for certain it was a strip club but there was uh naked dancing females in the background so take um take that for what it is and at the beginning of this video or at least at the beginning of the video that was cut together on tmz so it's possible the original video may have not started like this but the video i'm watching on tmz has uh john morant uh right in front right in the face of this camera and holding up a gun and then the video goes on and there's what appears to be cash all over the floor. And in the background, these two girls dancing. And is John Morant front and center just, you know, celebrating, having fun? There's a lot of things that are just rattling around in my mind of when I see stuff like this. It's like, first of all, let's, I'm just going to take the, the basketball part out of this altogether. I don't give a fuck what this guy does for a living. Does it not seem like a an irresponsible use of your money if <laughs> there's two naked girls back there who you're presumably paying for and they're dancing with each other and you and your boy are in front of your stupid fucking phone right now? Yeah. I mean, you got titties right in front of you. Why would you be on your phone? Right? Like, there is naked girls back there and you and your boy are so concerned with showing off your gun to everyone on the internet. What's Guys? this like 
fascination. Like I, I don't get it with athletes and just doing stupid shit. Like when you get paid that much money, what in your mind, especially where some of these guys have come from nothing or come from like really gnarly backgrounds. And I get people are like, well, that's why they haven't been educated in proper, you know, money management, or they're surrounded by people that abuse their position and you know their entourage and things like that like i used to listen to a lot of the i am athlete podcast and they talk about it a lot and saying like there's guys that you know you get to the league and then there's the boys from like who they grew up with saying you know we took care of you when you know you were smaller and whatever so you got to take care of us now and so like i get some aspect of that but like why don't you not look like what doesn't click to say you know i changed my life I got to be smart about this. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the entire premise of the show Ballers. If you 100%. Like there's that early season of Ballers that has... Uh, John it was, uh, Washington? Yeah. <laughs> it was Denzel's kid. Yeah. And that whole story arc was him like getting into the league and not paying for his boys anymore. Like you got to like start... Like worrying about your finances. This can't mm-hmm. be shit you're doing all the time. And we don't know if John Moran's doing this all the time or not. And I, I probably shouldn't characterize him in such a way, but I mean there could have been ten thousand dollars in ones. For him, that's nothing. Right. But here's the thing. You know if you're John Morant, you know who you are at this point. Like money, all that stuff aside, you know who you are. So if you know who you are. And you're like, okay, like if this was office space hmm. and we're in a jump to conclusions mat, right? <laughs> and you're at the beginning of the mat and you say, I'm John Morant. I flash this gun on social media. What are the outcomes? Right? Yeah. Like there is no situation where doing what he did goes well. So then why do it? Like, what is the benefit that John Morant gets today? And listen, I've heard people, I've read social media on it, and I've heard people say, dude, you don't know what it's like being an African-American male with that kind of money. You got to watch your back. I'm not even saying anything about owning a gun. No, I'm, I'm yeah, he lives in America. I mean, he should own a gun in America. <laughs> like, I'm just, not. So you don't uh, get killed. I'm not saying anything about owning a gun. Brazenly flashing it on social media like it's some sort of culture thing, or like or it's like some a sort clout of badge. Clout, exactly right. You have number one. I sometimes disagree with the statement, but in instances as egregious as this, I don't. You are sending the things you do send a communicated message to those who watch you like young kids and young kids are on social media more than they've ever been. They uh, look up to athletes probably more than they ever have. Like a uh, dude, I'm into sports cards and stuff. When I watch these like lives on Instagram where guys are breaking sports cards, selling sports cards, the amount of 13 and 12 year olds and 15 year olds that are in these lives buying cards and saying, do you have any jaw? You have any jaw is unreal. So now these kids are going to be like, Oh, this fucking guy that I'm collecting cards has a gun. Like, what kind I of message? John Morant. Yeah. Does it send these guys, right? Well, and like, dude, you, you enjoy your money. It's going to get taken away from you real fucking quick. Like, Gilbert Arenas' career basically stopped 
when he yeah. pulled out a gun in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. It was never the same. Like he played for a little bit, but man, he was not the same. He was a top flight player. Hey, remember uh, Plaxico Burris? Yeah, shot himself in the junk, wasn't it? Or like in the leg, no, foot, hand. No, he blew off his fingers. No, that no. was that was uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. All right, yeah, that, that was, was a fireworks. <laughs> that was a fireworks accident. Also, yeah. uh, New York Giant though, but. No, he had a gun like in his waistband or wherever. He was carrying a gun off. on him in the club or whatever, and it went off and he shot himself. In the thigh. That's where the, that's where the line, plaxidentally shoots yourself, comes from. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, like the plaxical thing, and he came out and said, like, learn from my mistakes, man. Like, he came out and said that. Like, when you have plaxical bursts saying that, like, Dude, come on. Drop <clears throat> the money in the strip club. Do whatever you want. Put yourself on camera, having a great time. Flash to the money. Don't Dude. give a shit. No one gives a shit about the spread of money on the floor, the food, or the peeler that he's got on his lap. No one gives a shit about that because honestly... No, hold on. Let's be clear. There's no peeler on his lap. They were in the back of the, the video. No, in one of the photos. Not even touching him. One, no, of, the one of the photos, he's straight up... Oh, okay. Dude, he's like a Disney viewfinder from your kid, straight up the brown eye with this. Yeah. With this. Oh. Like she's, yeah. she, she's full on, like, in an yeah. almost borderline, you know, sitting on his face. Yeah, this man's getting ready to bleach it. Yeah, like he's he's gonna wax that ass. But that's like no one gives a shit about that. Like if honestly, if you're a pro athlete and when you go to the peelers, you're not doing that, I'd be like, yo, there's something wrong, right? Like we used to hear stories of some of the guys from the NFL that would go to the downer in Niagara when they go into Buffalo, they get in a few days early, they cross the border, they go to the downer. Uh, don't shake your head, you've been there. I have been there, but that's because it was for a bachelor party. But is that the one that's like there's two clubs like connected to each other? Yeah. Yeah. The wall is one okay. next yes, to the parking I, lot. Yeah. Yeah. But you never go to the one next to the parking lot. So, you know, a, a little side tangent here. Sure. For, for all our listeners who may be of age or never gone or may go one day. Here's the thing. Get there early. Get there at like eight o'clock. Okay. Yeah. You may be seeing the B squad. But you got to get a good table there first, because if not, you're screwed and you're like walking around like a creepy asshole for the whole thing. OK, so you get there for eight by like nine thirty, ten o'clock. The A squad comes out. OK, and then you're in prime position when you have that A squad there that you can, you know, you can have a fantastic night. Now, they tell you that if you, you know, if you pay your cover there, you can go to next door which is their adjacent club and say, Hey, you get in there free and drinks are cheaper and blah, blah, blah. But what they don't tell you, that's the overnight squad. That's the C squad. Don't do it. Stay at your table. <laughs> it may sound like a good deal. Don't do it. But I digress. So I would say that that's all fine and well for him to do that. Like, I mean, it's not like, Strip club isn't that bad. Like, and I've seen people being like, oh, he shouldn't put himself in a position in that kind of environment. No, I'd be like, who gives a fuck? Like, if you go to Vegas or you have that kind of money, you know, anywhere you go, single that's what dude, you want to do, right? Who gives a fuck? The like, thing he's is, he's got a spread of food there too. Like, dude, you just wants to eat season titties. Dude, Here's the, the thing. And the Grizzlies are good. This is, this is something that the, the, this entire generation needs to figure out. Everything you do does not need to go on Snapchat. No, everything you do does not have to immediately go on Instagram but live or the fuck before that Paris judgment Pope. judge. The Grizzlies are good. They're 40 and 26. Yes. They're third in the West. 
Yeah. They're a very good team. Why would you like that? But that goes back to what you're saying, Dustin. Like judgment at its core. Not everything needs to go on social media, and you should probably focus on the season that you're being paid to win. And listen, I'm not saying guys can't take some downtime. And no, if if coach says you got the night off, you got the night off. And if I'm not perform? saying if you're if you're able to show up to work the next day and perform at the same level you always would have. Your personal time is your personal time. I'm not even trying to like hate on the man for that. I'm I'm just saying maybe if you're gonna go out, just put the phone away, and maybe if you're rich as he is, and if we're talking money, he's making twelve million dollars this season. Um, has a contract extension coming up where he's going to be paid thirty three million dollars a season, then thirty six million dollars, then forty one, then forty four. Like wow. he's he's going to be making a lot of money in his life. Guess who Here's lost nice. a guess who lost a Here's, Powerade ad? Yeah, how about how about this? All the boys you want to take care of? If that is in fact something you want to do, if, if not whatever. Tell them to take care want, of you. Phones away. Say, "Hey. Yeah. That's a great point actually. <laughs> Give your phone to your boys and be like, "Hey, make sure I'm not on any of these fucking videos. Let's just go have a good time." But yeah. at the same time, instead of carrying a gun around, why don't you have a couple bouncers with you? Why don't you have like an entourage? Security. Like, have a security that, detail to take care of that shit for you. That, you shouldn't have, like, you should be able to go out and have fun. Have them Not worry about shooting yourself by accident. Not worrying about Getting a jumped. PR shitstorm. Just go have fun and let someone you can pay a hundred grand a year. A fucking hundred yeah. grand a year you could pay well, two guys. Cheaper than the endorsements you'll lose. It's just, it's, it's, it's not difficult, guys. And I, I feel bad for the Grizzlies who are having a hell of a season. And they have to deal with this circus right now. I also, I honestly do feel bad for John Morant because maybe he's just got people around him that aren't out for his best interest. And what I mean by that is he might have his boys around him, but maybe he doesn't have like one of those or two, three of those guys that are like, hey man, like clean that shit up. Like you've got a lot on the line here. Yeah, it's great that you want to do this for us and stuff like that. And you know, yeah, it's fun. But at the same time, like it's not worth your career and this lifestyle that you want and that you're currently living for, for that. Right. You know, cause sometimes you need people around you to, to check you a little bit and maybe just doesn't have someone who does that. They're all just like, yeah, jaw, do it. You know, show them, let them know. I, right? we like should, we should read, <clears throat> read his statement, by the way. I did. I did read his statement, but it was a couple days ago. So, or a day or so ago. So, I don't know word for word, but it sounds from when I read it, I, what I took away is he's very aware and he's doing the right things. It says, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. Dealing with stress is what got me. Yep, that's an interesting line. You put, did not need to put in that. I wish his agent would have looked that over. Because <laughs> mm, at least he, no, because I think, I think he. You can say that and say like that's your outlet, yes, but you know, it just means that you have to understand the situation you're in and understand what you're doing to yourself. That in stress-induced moments where that's your relief, maybe you need a better outlet. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of both of you here. I think that in some ways people are going to call bullshit and be like, you couldn't really find stress a different way. 
And the flip side of it is, is very rarely do we ever get a reason for any of this shit when these guys do it, right? It's always like, sorry, should have known better. I'll do better next time. I'm getting help. Yeah, like it doesn't need a reason. You don't need to say like, oh, I was, I was stressed or whatever. He's a, like, how fucking old is this guy? 23 years old? He went to the strip club. <laughs> what are we talking about? This like he's like he's a young man and he does stupid things sometimes. It's like, hey, listen, I, I, I know I probably shouldn't have done that. You apologize to everyone. Apologize. I'm going to work on doing uh, better going forward and I will do my best to not embarrass this organization ever again. I guarantee you if there's no gun incident and just picture surface and video surface of him at the Peelers. It's a nothing people, burger. Yo, John Morant's getting it. Dude, it's a like nothing they, burger. If there's no yeah. gun, if there's no gun, everyone says it's a joke John, for five minutes and then people move yeah. on. Yeah, John Morant is got that dog in him, and that's it. And then a game over. Oh, who was it? Was it Lou Williams where he talked about how on an off day he flew yeah. to another city to go to the Peelers that he likes because he likes their chicken wings? Yeah. The issue with that was wasn't that during COVID and like leaving was a problem yeah, like he left the NBA the, bubble. Yeah, he left the and bubble. And so he went to a strip club, but he was like, no, 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 it wasn't like that. I was getting the chicken wings. It's like, mm-hmm. you sure? I, I don't know, man. Some, some, yeah, some bread or unbreaded, pal. Yeah. yeah. No, you never eat at a strip club. Don't fuck. Don't know. Yeah, exactly. Don't fuck with me right now. No, uh-huh. no one's ever eaten food at a strip club, okay? Are you sure? Tom's. Dude, people eat. They don't eat food. that's very true but exactly no like i like i said i i i'm kind of mixed with this whole thing because i like i said i feel bad for john morant that he doesn't have the people around him to kind of make him aware i feel bad for the grizzlies teammates because they're having a fantastic season they have a legitimate shot um and this could effectively what do you need to be made aware of like I said, is like when you grow up in a certain environment or you grow up with certain people around you. I guess you, so. Yeah. You know, like it's it's hard to sometimes understand who's out for what's best for you or who's out what's best for them and you're the vessel for that. Right? Like Yeah. I think I get confused by the term aware. I probably was, like you're right though. I think you grow up, there's certain things you to be expected to stay real or whatever, right? Like you wanna like you're still one of the guys. Yeah, like you don't want to be seen as a sellout or someone who bailed on the people that you've been with for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, you so if that's and, and a lot of the time and I'm not saying this is the case with that cuz obviously we don't know, but a lot of time they will prey on that. They will say, "So when you were coming up and you had nowhere else to stay and you stayed with me and shit like that and this is how you're going to repay me." You know what yeah. I mean? Like you get a lot of shit like that sometimes and you know, and again, like I said, I'm not saying that's necessarily what's happening here or the people around him here. He could very well have people around him that are saying, clean this shit up or smarten up. And he's just not listening. Yeah. We don't know. Right. right? Like both situations we have to assume are true or untrue. And it just, it sucks because it's such like a young talent who you know, has everything in front of them and just dumb, stupid mistakes like this, especially in today's day and age. Like you guys said, everything's on social media. Internet's forever. Like no one forgets this shit and it doesn't get lost. Like if you post it for five seconds and take it down, doesn't matter. It's out there. 
our last story of the week um there's not a whole lot to this i just wanted to bring it up because it's going on uh the world baseball classic is happening right now uh, actually as we record israel and uh puerto rico are playing at the moment and here's the thing i know a lot of people are not overly interested in the tournament because a lot of the best players are not necessarily playing but i think it's fun and i, I like the idea of just turning on the tv at any given time there's a baseball game on and it's Better than, in my opinion, it's better than watching a spring training game. Because at this point, um, what is March 13th? I feel like I've been watching spring training for a goddamn month right now. And you still have another month to go. And another month to go with more spring training games. I just, I'm over spring training, and I'm just happy to see something different. And I'm happy to see something that's, it feels like the games matter. Like that Venezuela-Dominican Republic game that happened like Saturday night or whatever it was. Man, that felt like a playoff atmosphere. And that is not normal for this time of year. So even though it's maybe not the best tournament and maybe not some of the best players aren't in it, I'm enjoying watching all the baseball I can right now in the World Baseball Classic. Are you guys watching it at all? I've watched a little bit. I'm not, but I think uh, it's not the concept I don't like. It's... It's so the fact that Canada, who's not a good team, can go out there and thump another team. Well, they did play Great Britain. That's what I'm saying. Right? Like, I think they need to call... Maybe call the teams down or figure out a way, like... And maybe this is the beginning, because is this the third World Baseball Classic or fourth? I don't know how many there's been, but there hasn't been many of them. Maybe this is how they grow the game. Right? Like, I'm assuming the Great Britain team is not full of incredible players, obviously, because I can't It's not, imagine. but they did beat Columbia today, 7-5. So. I can't imagine what where baseball ranks in the sports in, in Britain. It can't be they that played high. A lo- Here's the thing. World Baseball Classic, they played a lot of games so far. Yeah, they're playing like five or six games every day. Right, but like Japan's 4-0. Oh, Japan's incredible. No, I know that, but what I'm saying is, is like, it felt like this thing fucking started a day and a half ago, and Japan's already through four games. Well, so you're not wrong. So Pool A and B started earlier. So Pool A and B that are in uh, Tokyo and the uh, the city in Taiwan, I'll never be able to pronounce properly. Those Taipei. two... Say it again? Taipei? Bangkok? No. Chinese Taipei is Taiwan, yes. Phuket? But the, ci- the city in which they're actually holding it. Fuck it? Phuket? No. It's Bangkok. like Taichung or something like that. Oh, okay. Anyways, doesn't matter. In Taiwan and in Japan started earlier than the pools that were happening in the United States. And I don't know what the case was for that, but the United States pools, I think, only opened up near the end of last week. And the beginning of last week is where they started in Asia. Oh, okay. Okay, that and makes I sense. Wish, I'm lo- and I, I wish someone gave a shit about their jerseys. That's what I wanted to bring up, too. Thank you. The Great Britain jersey is fucking aerial font that just says Great Britain. And that's it. The Canada jersey is uh, slightly better, but still garbage. Someone needs to just shoot a message to Jersey Bird on TikTok and be like, yo, man. You know what? I wonder if I go to TikTok right now and go to Jersey Bird, if they've already been like instructed to create new jerseys for these fucking guys, because it's embarrassing. And are they not like, as my TikTok uh, 
Excuse me, an ad. It seems I like open it. Are they not trying to sell these jerseys? Are they not trying to like market these teams? Are they not trying That's what to I like mean. grow the game? It doesn't make any sense. Dude, the what first thing to growing a game. The I'm watching the Israel thing. game right now. It's a solid blue jersey that says Israel on the chest. And that's Dude, it. the first thing to growing a game, I've always firmly believed, is... Fashion. Yes. The jerseys. Mm-hmm. If they look good. Yes. Well, it's sad, too, because like basketball, baseball, football, like out of ranking those, it goes... The first best jersey potential is baseball. Then it goes basketball. Then it's football. Because football, there's nothing on it. It's just the color scheme, right? So you're just like, and maybe the crest on the shoulder. Like, you don't really give a shit. But baseball has such an opportunity to do cool shit with their jerseys. You know, like, I've seen and shop some of, like, the, like, anime jerseys where it's, like, they do baseball jerseys based off of, you know, like, Naruto or My Hero Academia and shit like that. And they look really cool. And I'm like, you could do this with baseball, but they don't do it you know like especially some of these national teams you know what i mean um obviously hockey sets itself apart hockey jerseys by far in the big four are the best i think in any sport hockey jerseys are the best well that's a mixed bag with hockey there's some really good hockey but there's really bad ones too but no i mean in terms of the concept of what you can do with like the giant crest on the front and it's not just like the team name outside of the rangers or whatever but you know what i mean no, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I think some of the worst, unfortunately, is like probably the most popular, the, the NBA, where I feel like as years have gone by, the NBA has gotten farther and farther away from those big crest lead logos. And now it just it just says your team name. Not and, even. It says like the three letters of the city. Oh, like that. Uh, the the clit one for uh, the, <laughs> the Hornets. Yeah. Or like Toronto just says T.O.R. on some of them. Right. Or like the Brooklyn Nets are just BKN. Yeah, I, I think everyone like everyone's favorite jerseys for basketball, like obviously the Raptors one because the, the big like the old Raptor and like the Memphis Grizzlies, the big old Grizzly Bear or the Seattle Supersonics. And like when you have those old massive Knicks. logos, like it's. And I know some of them, obviously, I think if you look at what the most popular NBA jersey to buy right now is probably LeBron James Lakers jersey. And that's as basic as it gets, just as Lakers on it. But I don't know. There's there's definitely our opportunity for some money to be made here with the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I just looked at that Great Britain jersey and it is aterial. It is aerial black. Garbo. It's the biggest. Someone went into Microsoft Word (laughs) and picked the default font. And wrote Great Britain and then sent it to Canva.com and they printed some jerseys on some majestic button ups. Go to Fiverr. It's the biggest piece of dog shit. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, just and go to Fiverr, man. It's it's not difficult. It's really not. No. But. You know what, too? And baseball jerseys are those things that, like, hockey jersey, when you wear a hockey jersey, you can tell someone's wearing a hockey jersey. A basketball jersey, same thing. Like, whatever. But a baseball jersey, you can wear it, and it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look out of place. I think the best ones that don't look out of place they can wear anywhere is a soccer jersey. Well, yeah, because or a rugby jersey. Or rugby jersey, sure. But no right. shit about rugby. Um, I like rugby. <laughs> but at least a soccer jersey, you can get away with wearing, in, like, anywhere, and it's not that different from wearing a regular t-shirt yeah 
the only issue with soccer jerseys is the amount of advertisements that are all over them. So yeah, that that's annoying. And I know you can buy ones that don't have; they just have like the main one on the front. Um, like Manchester United, I think it's like Emirates, like Fly Emirates or whatever. Um, but then they have like the stuff on the shoulders that you can buy the jersey without that. So yeah, like I mean. I don't know. I, I I feel like I need the the ads on it just to be like to look legitimate. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's kind of like if I'm going to get a a Ted Lasso looking jersey, you want one that says banter on it. Yeah. Because that's just fun. Oh, for sure. And next week, Ted Lasso. Very excited. Ted Lasso does re- next week. You're talking talking a couple days. Ted Lasso oh, returns. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the fifteenth, right? Yeah, the fifteenth. Ted Lasso's back. I'm sure we'll talk all about Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, <laughs> on next week's show. But uh, speaking of soccer returning, uh, the TFC also did. Uh, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. James, did you not go to the game on the home? No, opener? no. Everyone, everyone in my house was sick, and I was the only healthy one, so I had to take care of everybody. And who was no, sitting in fucking bad. cold? Well, James is a season ticket holder, and no, I, I didn't. I never got in. Oh, you never ended up buying them. I thought you did, you were going to. No, I wanted to, but you know, I couldn't get the right um, s- seats that I wanted in time. I wasn't they early enough, and the seats they had were like the cost difference between the seats that they had versus the seats that I wanted wasn't a lot, but the the quality of the seat was that much better. So I, I didn't feel like I was getting my money's worth sitting twenty rows further back. So I figured I'd I rather just go to the games that I want to go to. If I'm going to pay that, I would rather pay those seats ad hoc and then go stand in the, in the, uh, what's it called? What, what the fuck is that thing called? The patio. The GA area? Yeah. Oh, the patio. Okay, sure. Yeah, the GA <clears throat> area. Um, yeah, so TFC did play their home opener this past weekend, and I was mistaken last week. I think I said on this show, I may not have, where I was complaining that you need to have an Apple TV subscription and then additionally buy the MLS League Pass, whatever the fuck it's called. That's incorrect. Just want to make that a correction. You don't have to have Apple TV, but you obviously still have to pay for the MLS League Pass, which I will not be paying. So good job on MLS growing the game. But nevertheless, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. Show, show. That's right, it's everyone's favorite segment of the week, and that's because we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his glorious three-week run in the WWE. My shout-out is going to be wrestling-related. It's going to go to one Alex Shelley, who was at the most recent Smash Wrestling event last night in London, Ontario, and Shelley is just such a cool guy, and the fact that, like, I feel like I've been watching Alex Shelley my entire life. <laughs> this guy's been in wrestling forever, but some of the opening matches that happens... Shelly's there just watching the matches and will just give advice to a bunch of the kids who are in the opening matches. Like, he doesn't need to do that. He wasn't asked to do that. But he just did it because, like, he's a good dude. So that's my shout-out goes to Alex Shelly for being a good dude. You know what? I like that because it rings something true to what Rory McIlroy said in the final episode of Full Swing, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, He said, you know, he's fortunate enough to be one of the top players in golf. And obviously he's like, I worked really hard to get there, but he's like, with that, he has a responsibility to facilitate growth for the game and to leave the game in a better place 
than when he got there. And in doing that, by handing it off to the next generation in a better spot than when he got there and where he leaves it. So it's similar to that. And, you know, it's paying it forward and, you know, making sure that you're cultivating the next generation of wrestlers and, you know, inspiring kids that, you know, are fans that maybe want to do that. So I like that. Um, My shout out is Brennan Fraser. Good Toronto boy. Good Canadian. Won Oscar last night in the whale for best actor in a leading role. Um, it's not so much the award itself, but what it represents for a dude that was arguably one of the biggest actors of our time when we were younger and then just went through a lot of shit. Like he was the dude that everyone wanted and everything, you know, he did the mummy movies, which I think we all look back on and like when they're on TV and you're just hanging out and there's nothing on you sit and watch it. Um, you know, and he had everything in front of him and it, you know, there's some stuff that went on that, you know, kind of derailed that and sent him down you know, really negative path for a bit and to see him kind of come back and, you know, get that and work his way and achieve, you know, that honor. That's really cool. You know, so I like seeing that perseverance and then also seeing uh Kwan win, you know, a dude who, like I said this to, to my wife and I was like, he's essentially an anime character who, you know, he's the guy who never quits. You know, he was short round, he was data, he was, you know, in all these movies growing up and kind of, you know, went into the background and came back and won. So it's just, it's cool. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I watched, I don't know why, but at some point we had a VHS of Encino Man when I was a kid. And I watched that over and over and over again. (laughs) I can barely even tell you what the movie's about other than like there being like a, a caveman or whatever, but I watched a shit of that movie, and Brendan Fraser was in that one. So that's what I will always most remember him for. Well, Key Kwan was in that as well with Brendan Fraser. So both two two dudes who were in Encino Man won Oscars last night. Oh, shit. He was in that movie. Yes, he was. James. I, lo- I love that movie. Jimmy showed me that movie <laughs> when I was a kid. So I thank him for getting me on that movie. My shout out is to Fred Van Vliet for saying what was on everyone's minds. I know we How probably could have made this, this on the show. I say we could have made this a topic. To that. Made this a topic, but I'm stealing it as a shout out. Uh, you know, at some point, and I understand that there's a lot involved if you start questioning the officiating in these leagues. But at the same time, I think when officiating is horrendous, um, it needs to be held accountable in some way. And we don't. The leagues are so protective of the officiating. Uh, it's it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, you know, how are you supposed to be held accountable for a job when every time something bad happens, they always just put up a, a wall and say, you can't comment on that. Well, you know, what if, if you, it, the league, if you're not going to comment on it, then this is what you leave open to, right? People will hold you accountable if you're not going to hold your guys accountable. And it was nice to see Freddie being completely unreserved in his comments about you know the refs being dick he's right dude like no offense to refs or anything shout out brad myers but i don't like i don't pay to see the ref i pay to watch the game sure i watch it i watch it to be kept in check by the refs but i don't watch it to be managed by the refs and that's what bothers me i hate the oh they're gonna like the 
was it the Edmonton game even Toronto recently like this Saturday well next call is going to be for Edmonton because it's got to be a makeup in what world does it have to be 50-50 in, in terms of penalties if one team's being no, more yeah. of, of dicks then they're going to get more penalties or if one but team's working weird, harder right we have this weird yeah. thing where out got to even up the calls no you don't well that NHL ref got fired because of it. he got caught on a hot mic saying oh it's a makeup call yeah. Or no, yeah, I just agree. managing the game. What do you mean managing the game? It's not your job to manage the game. Well, I think basketball and though baseball have the worst issues and we talked about it ad nauseum early on about how bad it is. But like there's the highlights of what's that guy's name? Foster or something? Yeah, the, the NBA ref where he's like running down the court making the call. Like, yeah, like buddy, fuck off. Like no one gives a shit. Like yeah. make your call, move on. So shout out yeah. Steady Freddy for saying fuck and dicks in <laughs> in his post game press conference. Do you think he saw the movie Year of Dicks? No. It was just oh. a year of NBA refs. He sees it every year. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> he said years and years of dicks. Dicks everywhere. Well, well, if you like dicks, thank you for listening to us three dicks for the past two hours or so we greatly appreciate it thanks for subscribing thanks for liking thanks for sharing with all your friends we'll be back next week for another glorious episode of 43.6 which of course will be brought to you by now your treasures but until then see you later and make sure you watch ted lasso goodbye